since you are, since we just finished with this guided practice, perhaps you have a, since it's a little bit more uh, recent, you might have more of a sense of this very simple and beautiful teaching from a lama, a Tibetan lama named uh, Gendon Rinpoche. I read it quite often here, but I, I think it especially comes alive after we've sat together. He says, happiness cannot be found through great effort and willpower, but is already present in open relaxation and letting go. Don't strain yourself. There is nothing to do or to undo. Whatever momentarily arises in the body-mind has no real importance at all and has little reality whatsoever. Why identify with and become attached to it, passing judgment upon it and ourselves? Far better to simply allow the entire game to happen on its own, springing up and falling back like waves without changing or manipulating anything. And notice how everything vanishes and reappears magically again and again, time without end. Only our searching for happiness prevents us from seeing it. It's like a vivid rainbow which you pursue without ever catching, or a dog chasing its own tail. Although peace and happiness do not exist as an actual thing or place, it is always available and follows you every instant. Don't believe in the reality of good and bad experiences. They are like today's ephemeral weather, like rainbows in the sky. Wanting to grasp the ungraspable, you exhaust yourself in vain. As soon as you open and relax this tight fist of grasping, infinite space is there, open, inviting, comfortable. So make use of this spaciousness, this freedom and natural ease. Don't search any further. Don't go into the tangled jungle looking for the great awakened elephant who's already resting quietly at home in front of your own fireplace. Nothing to do or to undo, nothing to want and nothing missing. Emaho, marvelous, everything happens by itself. So this may not be true for getting a job, keeping a job, learning skills, but for understanding the nature of your own mind, the secret to happiness, you don't need anything. You need to just, as one way of saying it is, be as you are. Be awake and don't stray away from yourself. One of the things that the Buddha repeated over and over, what one, whatever one frequently thinks about and dwells upon becomes the inclination of the mind. So if your mind, if what you practice, the seeds that you plant every day is, is uh, spinning out, problem solving, thinking of yourself as a problem to be solved, then you will, 
you will just keep building that monument to the imagined version of yourself that plays in your mind, that it can never quite be satisfied. If on the other hand, whatever you frequently dwell upon, if you frequently dwell upon both the fact of being aware and then being clearly comprehending what you're aware of. If you do this when you walk down the street, you notice your steps, you notice what's in your heart, you intentionally soften your mind, soften that openness, soften your heart, soften the body. You frequently dwell upon that, that becomes the inclination of your heart. It's not, it's the function of conditioning. It's what you, what you, what you invest in, you could say. We'll use a, the time, you know, the money metaphor. When, we, when you and I were talking about the stories about the outside and the stories about ourselves, I had, as I often do, I, um, and I, I'm often leave, left with the residue, and I think I may have spoken this last week, the residue of being a little, being concerned about my carbon footprint, but I often go off to lead retreats, and I was just, last week I was in Arizona in the mountains off the grid in this beautiful Tibetan center outside of north of Prescott, Arizona, near Chino Valley. And, it, and I've been going there for the last 15 years or so and serving the northern California or northern Arizona meditation community. And one of the habits that I've had since I started going to this particular center, besides just loving, loving this community and you know, loving and being loved, and it, it, very beautiful to develop relationships over many years, just like the relationships here. But one of the things I, that is particular about that retreat is that I meet with, with every person individually that I can. And there were 51 people, and I met with 40 of them, one-on-one, -on -one, and the rest I met in a sm small group. But it, when you do that over and over and you meet each person, there's something about the, the concentration of it, just the presence of it, where my mind gets really kind of empty. It just gets empty, I, I, I'm just aware, and this person comes in. And I, I could probably go around the room to each person, and I would, and I would have an experience of, of each person's particularity, like each person here has such a unique and individual expression of life. Life has, is moving through you, the same life that we all share, it moves through each of us individually. And that presence of awareness that I experience, that person who is aware with me and they are in their bodies and they are expressing that particularity, that unique individuality, it is absolutely each person, and I often say this at the end of the retreat, I loved each person here. Each person is intrinsically unique and wonderful, beautiful. You know, as one of the great poems from Galway Canal, 
Galway Cannell, I guess his name, where he says, it's called St. Francis and the Sow or something like that. He says, sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness and tell it in words and in, in something or other, you're lovely. And I didn't have to say anything. I was just in awe. I felt like a blessing with each person. But I, I also know because the... I also know that there is a difference between that, that unique, in some ways, divine expression of life that each of us is before we're even a person. We're this kind of field of, of presence and, and so uniquely expressing itself. And when we are experiencing ourselves and not, and not thinking that we're, we have to solve a problem, we're... We are sufficiency itself. We are worthiness itself. We are not missing anything. We're not lacking anything. Nothing, we don't need anything. It's all right there. But I know that that, that um, presence that I'm sitting with, that beautiful expression of life that's been made up of, of all these non-personal causes, that's, that really at its heart doesn't exist alone from everything. You know that line from Thich Nhat Hanh, you are me and I am you. Isn't it obvious we inter are? You, you know, we're, we're permeable. We together are permeable. There's no inside, there's no outside. There's no me, no you, really. But it takes our individuality to know that. So that's the paradox of, of the depth of practice. We're both individual, but we are without independent existence. That's the, one of the ways that we understand selflessness, non-self. And one of the, and I know that the non-self elements of that person are there, includes, includes the version of that person that plays in their mind. The version is connected to everything that's ever happened to that person. But as I'm sitting there knowing that that person's made up of non, those non-self elements, everything that's ever happened, the, the experience of that person themselves is not the story. It's not an identity. It's not a history. It's an emergence out of all those forces that brought them into being and have affected them. And the story of them has also been affected by those forces, but they are, but not one person is really, that story can never really capture that immediacy of that person. And we have this incredible opportunity as meditators to experience every, all human beings know a lot about themselves, but not very many human beings know themselves directly. And so they deprive themselves of the beautiful heart, all the power that comes. I don't mean power to dominate. I mean the power to be strong and loving and clear and intelligent and so many qualities that flow when we are when our, and intuitive, when our senses are open and we're very immediate and we've stepped out of the story of ourselves. Touching something that can't be that doesn't have anything to do with history. 
And it's to be witness to that one after another, 50 people, uh, and be able to actually spend enough time to, to mingle in that way. It's like, wow. And most of you who've known me for years know that I got inspired by this, this immediate sense by my daughter Molly, who uh, when, she was, when she was three, I just was just struck by her molliness, you know, by that uniqueness. And this was before she had a, a, a historical version of herself. But then I saw the day that the historical version started, the ver the, where the comparing mind started, the measuring mind that thought she was, needed to be somehow different than the way she is. And then she got derailed, and now she's a self-conscious teenager, you know, trying to fit in. And so it's all, all part of the inevitable developmental cycle. But I hope that she returns to that natural state, which we pointed to tonight in the sitting. Because it's so close, it's so vast, it's so wonderful, it's so easy, but it's so easily overlooked. And, and we need it. We need it to be able to accommodate this, this climate catastrophe, this world of so much greed and hatred and ignorance. We have to be have that... I know the corporate word these days is resilience. Resilient this, resilient that. But this presence of awareness, this fine, realizing the, the, that part of ourselves can, that, is, that is unshakable, that's really beautiful and strong and enough, uh, we need it. Otherwise, it's so easy to get lost in the story of ourselves as a, a person who is who is, doesn't know how to deal, has got a problem to solve. and We all have problems to solve, but they, they're e much easier to solve from a place of balance and wholeness and not expecting the problem solving to make us happy. That is a given. Remember, happiness cannot f be found through great effort and willpower, but is already present in open relaxation and letting go or being ourselves. So easy to miss. So when we're not solving a problem, what is your experience of yourself? So I, I, anyway, I have a practice for everyone this week. Every single person that you meet at least first try to just see them. Just take them in as a, as a particularity, you know, as an individual. Tune into the, that consciousness that animates them. Tune into the, the color and shape and form, everything that brought them into being through no fault of their own the non-personal part of them, just take them in. And before you, before, just if you can see the difference between that, that immediate experience of somebody and then notice and even enjoy all the commentary that comes up in your mind about that person. Because the commentary will be based on your conditioning on your story, your views, 
views of yourself. It really is self-revealing. Self-views, views of others. It's really the same thing. It's the, it's the, it's the field guide book of views. But see if you can at least see the difference. But I want everybody to see how the divinity that is literally cross, crossing paths with you all day long. That does that each of these so-called individuals that doesn't exist independently from you. That we're all sharing this same soup of consciousness. And it's, it's wild. And so don't as that poem I think I read last week because of the, you know, the solstice poem where Derek Walcott said, not Derek Walcott, Wendell Berry says, and I pray not for new earth or heaven, but to be quiet in heart and in eyes clear. What we need is here. Don't be looking for some rainbow in the sky or some, don't go looking, don't go into the tangled jungle looking for the great awakened elephant who's resting quietly at home right in front of your own fireplace or right in front of every person that you meet. And then while you're, while you're at it, each person that you meet, they don't have to know it, but do at least the practice that Kyle, is Kyle still here? He, oh, yeah, there you are. He, remind, he asked me to tell him about it. Uh, when I first moved to San Francisco, I, I was... Um, I felt really isolated and alone and it seemed like everybody was kind of cold and they didn't feel safe enough to smile at you on the street and I had lived in a smaller city and then I had just come from a, a long uh, meditation period, a three-month meditation period. So I, the practice was kind of alive in my mind, the intensive practice. So. The practice that came to me to start using when I walked around the streets was uh, to, I call it stealth metta, stealth loving kindness. And so under my breath, every time I would walk down the street, I'd say, may you be happy, may you be happy, may you be happy. So I tuned into each person. I love you, may you be happy, I love you. May you be. And that, just that little inclination, again, whatever you frequently think about and dwell upon becomes the inclination of the mind. Just inclining toward goodwill as I took people in, I felt at home. Felt much more like I was in a safer place, at least with myself. I didn't feel so isolated. So a little loving kindness, taking, really taking in each person's amazing aware, presence of awareness and mirror that to them. Be in your body, be conscious. Let all those qualities of the heart flow. Love, infection, and when you see pain, let it, let it resonate as compassion. When you see somebody happy, join in their happiness. And with that presence of awareness, you can actually meet the, the joys and the sorrows with a lot less reactivity, the quality of equanimity. So enjoy. Um, easy to talk about. Another thing to practice, but uh, whatever we dwell upon becomes our life. With this mind, we make the world. So make use of it. Don't, don't fritter it away on, on your next iPhone. I have to say, I've been falling into that desiring trap. 
And, uh, but I try to wake myself up. So anyway, and if you have an iPhone, enjoy it. <laughs> may all beings be happy, and may we all take care of each other. May our practice be dedicated to the welfare and benefit of all. Thanks so much for your practice. Thanks for your support. Thanks for supporting Mission Dharma, supporting each other. See you next time. popularized some of Gendon Rinpoche's functions.